Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerrand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our last episode of Autobiography April. As I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, this is going to be a five-star read. Nothing but good things to say about this book. And as you may have already been able to tell from the title of this episode, or if you already read the description, this is Viola Davis's memoir, Finding Me. And this book was published in April of 2022. And frankly, I am absolutely shocked that I have not heard more praise for this book, more things about it. I do know that I think it was, you know, one that Oprah selected for her book club. She had some good things to say, but honestly, beyond that, I'm really surprised at the lack of praise surrounding it or just people talking about it on Bookstagram, on Book Talk, you know, what have you. Whereas, you know, you have people dedicating posts to Colleen Hoover, yet there's this book, which is actually incredible. And just so you guys know, I did listen to this on Audible just because I had some credits to use up. And as I have mentioned before, I love or pretty much exclusively listen to audiobooks that are read by the author themselves. If it's somebody that I know, like a celebrity, a comedian, you know, you get the idea. I think the only nonfiction that I actually listen to on audio, other than like memoirs and biographies, is Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell books are done incredibly well. That's also because Malcolm Gladwell does such a good job narrating them. But yeah, other than that, it's pretty much exclusively memoirs and autobiographies. And so since I knew I was doing autobiography April, I just wanted to listen to Viola Davis narrate it herself. And I have to say that was a 10 out of 10 decision. I highly, highly, highly recommend it on audio. Obviously, if you read it, it's going to be the same, but Obviously, if you read the physical copy, that's great too, but I would personally recommend it on audio because she did a fantastic job narrating this. And like I said, since these are the types of books that I pretty much exclusively listen to on Audible, I feel like I'm a pretty good authority on who does a good job and who does a bad job. So I did mention in the episode on Spare with Prince Harry, which I also listened to on Audible, he did a fantastic job. His voice was made for stuff like that really, really pleasant to listen to. I also listened to um, Tom Felton's autobiography. I had higher hopes because he has a British accent. It was decent and fun to listen to, but it's not one of those voices that I would maybe seek out on audio or that stand out amongst the rest as being really pleasant to listen to. Prince Harry did a great job. Tom Felton, I don't know, kind of middle of the road. Viola Davis, as I am telling you guys right now, fantastic job. I'm also in the process of listening to Jeanette McCurdy's book on Audible, which is I'm Glad My Mom Died. She does unfortunately not the best job just because it's a little stiff, it's a little monotone, and it's a little bit fast for my taste. So obviously, it really varies, even if somebody's an actor, even if somebody's famous and is used to 
this particular type of skill set. I do think that there is even variety within it. So do recommend this one on audio if you're interested. But before we start getting into the structure and the content and just what you can expect from the book, I do want to issue some very major content warnings, which are going to be child abuse, sexual assault, racism, bullying, alcoholism, domestic abuse. Uh, I don't know if I'm leaving anything out, but I think that kind of covers all of the bases. Obviously, you can tell this is going to be a very, very heavy book. So just so we are clear now, it is very heavy, very sad at times, however, very moving. And ultimately, it's really a phoenix rising out of the ashes type of story. But again, just to really hammer this point home, you know, all of the stuff that she goes through in her childhood and her adolescence, and to be frank, like the majority of her life is very difficult to read at times, but the writing and the storytelling is really just what keeps you so hooked. And that kind of leads me to a point that I really want to make, which is, again, (laughs) I was obviously just so impressed with this as a whole, but specifically a point that I want to make is that there's not a single chapter that is wasted. And I even jotted it down in my notes. Every chapter hits. And I don't even know how else to phrase that. Just every chapter hits. Every chapter is just this perfect encapsulated, you know, part of her story. And I think that that's something that people who are setting out to write a memoir um, or maybe any book, but I think specifically a memoir should read this book and reference this book because I think sometimes people get kind of carried away in the storytelling. And sometimes you have, you know, drier chapters, duller chapters just to kind of bridge the story that you have to tell, but you know, you just kind of wait until you get to maybe the next chapter, the next section of the story. But really every single chapter is its own perfect little bit of storytelling. And that is why I would love if Viola Davis wrote something else. So personally, I would actually be very interested and love to see her write something like that's fiction. I think she would do a fantastic job Or even if she just wrote something like, you know, a movie screenplay or something like that. I think her potential as a writer is just so unactualized. I think she has so much potential because obviously we know she is a phenomenal actor. And I think maybe that's part of like my hype around this book or my excitement is because I feel this maybe like new connection or new insight into somebody because, you know, I had obviously always known Viola Davis been like a casual fan. I've never been like, you know, a diehard just because I didn't know that much about her. I did become a much bigger fan once I started watching How to Get Away with Murder, just seeing her in a more maybe principal role, just became a bigger fan in general. But this book is really what put me over the edge. And I am a huge Viola Davis stan. Her story is just so incredible. And I don't want to give too much away because I do think it's worth, you know, reading or listening to. But I think the gist of what you should know is that, like I said, Phoenix rising out of the ashes and the circumstances that she came from to ultimately achieve what she has achieved is absolutely incredible. Because if you think that you grew up poor or you think that you had hardships, your story may match hers. I don't want to, you know, discount that if it does. However, 
I think 99% of the time, your story is not even going to come close to the level of poverty that she lived in and the severity of the hardships that she had to live through to then achieve again what she has achieved and get to to this point in her life and her career is so unbelievably admirable. And it was done through absolute grit and strength of will, as well as self-awareness. And that is something that she also weaves into the story is as she gets older, this realization of the abuse that she endured and what it takes to really break that cycle because she does have a daughter of her own and how to do that and the conversations that she had with her parents surrounding these very difficult topics. So again, I don't want to give you too many specifics, but I've already kind of hinted at it. You know, essentially she grew up in just complete poverty in Rhode Island, endured the most severe bullying and racism And all of these circumstances just kind of continued throughout her adolescence. And then she eventually decided she wanted to become an actor. She gets into Juilliard under the most crazy circumstances. It's incredible. She endures this mouse infested apartment in New York, really just toughs it out, ends up living with then a bunch of roommates, maybe in like Brooklyn or in some sort of brownstone and barely making ends meet. And then just through sheer hard work and absolute perseverance, she eventually, you know, starts getting these roles. She ends up getting theater roles, eventually leading to certain film roles. And then eventually just this snowball effect and starts getting this recognition that she so frankly deserves. And something that I kind of picked up in terms of the overall tone of the book and I'm not sure if anybody else who has read this would agree with me. This is just kind of my personal takeaway from this book is that she's not, and this is why I also really loved it and really admire her, is that she's not writing this book for you. So let me kind of clarify. The impression that I got from other memoirs that I liked, like from Mindy Kaling's memoir, Amy Poehler, a little bit of Tina Fey, from those, and maybe it's because they're comedians, but from those memoirs, which again, I liked, but it did give a little bit like they are writing it for you and there's something for you in there. Like they're self-aware of maybe the quotes that you'll pull from it, the lessons you'll take from it. Like there's an awareness of the lessons they're imparting to readers, if that makes sense. Whereas this book is not for you. It's more for you to know. And then being an African-American woman, that is a major element to her life story. And just talking about, you know, the power of seeing herself represented on screen or in the theater and, you know, the essentially whiteness of Juilliard and Shakespeare and all of these things and really the lack of African-American culture in terms of the creative arts So that is definitely going to appeal to a certain set of readers for this book and one that I, even though I'm white, still loved reading about and found very insightful. And if you're interested, I actually just glanced down at my notes. I can give you a little bit more of a detailed structure of the book if you're interested. So I wrote that about one third to half of the book is about childhood. Actually, let me see if the math of this works out. I was just jotting stuff down. So 
Um, let's say one third is about childhood. And then, uh, then we reach the beginning of her acting career and Juilliard. And then let's see about three quarters of the way through. Then we get to her moving to LA and then her first real acting roles. And then also when she meets her husband, that was so sweet to read about. Loved that part of the book. And then we do end up kind of concluding with her getting these much bigger roles, film roles, and then how to get away with murder. And then also kind of capping it off in terms of her father passing, which was a very heavy part of the book and obviously just very cathartic for her as well. But some interesting things that I learned from the book that I thought would just be kind of interesting to mention. Um, It's kind of all over the place, but I think they're interesting. So one of which is a story about George Clooney's villa. So her and her husband, they had just gotten married actually. Yeah, because it's about their honeymoon. So her and her husband had just gotten married and she had just done the movie Solaris with George Clooney, Natasha McElhone. I don't know if there's anybody else in the movie that I can remember, but they were in the movie together. And as a honeymoon gift, George Clooney offered his villa in, what is it, Lake Como? to her and her husband for their honeymoon to just stay there and enjoy his place and the villa is actually run by or like maintained by um, an Italian family I think it's a couple with like their young son and something I have heard from multiple celebrity sources and stories is that George Clooney is one of the nicest and most generous celebrities so this does track with what I know so they get to the villa, they get to Lake Como, and they meet this like little Italian family, and they have this entire place to themselves. And the family like asks them, you know, what do you want to eat while you're here? And they just tell them like pasta and pizza and you know whatever. And they just get to enjoy this amazing, luxurious place, you know, that was offered to them for free by a friend essentially. And this Italian family is just so lovely and so hospitable. And something else that George Clooney does mention to them is he was like, please do not tip them. Do not tip them. Almost like they would take offense to it. And I think it's just because, you know, part of maybe a cultural thing that they would take offense to it. I do live in Europe, but I live in Germany, so I can't speak on Italy's behalf. If somebody has insight into that, feel free to DM me and clarify. I will mention it on the next podcast episode, but um, I think it was to kind of highlight, you know, how well this family is treated and is paid and is taken care of, I'm assuming. But they just have the best time and they actually offer to give them a tour of the place and they offer to show them George Clooney's room. And I think that this really does speak to his character as well. The room that he has at his villa is the smallest room in the entire place. Granted, maybe has the best view, but he does have the smallest room and she did make a note of that. So that was just a really random story, but I just thought it was really fun and interesting. But something else that she talks about is the acting industry specifically. So again, this is something else that I found interesting, but also why I think this is a really good read for anybody else who wants to be an actor. I mentioned that for Alan Rickman's book that we talked about last week. I would say the same for this book. If you want to be an actor yourself or you know somebody who does, I do think this book would be incredibly insightful because obviously it is her specific experience, but it does shed a lot of light on 
the industry. And part of the way that she does this is by bringing some facts and figures into the discussion. So something she mentions, and this kind of blew me away, is that this industry of actors has a 95% unemployment rate and less than 2% make $50,000 a year. So not only, and I'm going to give you some other numbers, but not only does this speak to the incredible nature of her story and making it in Hollywood, but also really makes you think twice because this has to be something that you are so passionate about. You have to be passionate about the craft and not even have that expectation in mind of ever making it. But I also promised more numbers. So something else that she adds is that only 4% of SAG members make enough for health insurance, which is only $20,000 a year. So as I said, you really have to love the craft and not have that expectation of ever making it. Obviously, you hope for it, you work towards it, but just know that the odds are definitely stacked against you. And for somebody like Viola Davis, they were stacked against her even more being a black woman, a black woman with curves. And especially in the time period that she also sort of came to fame, right? So now we are seeing a little bit more representation happening. Hopefully we will see even more so. But for somebody like her who is really at the forefront of that, it is even more incredible. So as you can tell, as I have said, I am a huge fan of this book. This book really just turned me from somebody who was a casual fan to really endearing me to her, essentially. And like all of the other memoirs that we've talked about this month, she is an open book, leaves nothing out, leaves nothing to the imagination, includes all of the nitty gritty of her life, which just adds to the overall impact of her life and its trajectory. So as I said last week, and as I said at the beginning of this episode, this is going to be a five-star read for me. If you have read this, I would love to know what your thoughts are. So feel free to comment on Instagram or send me a DM. As I said before, I do think this is good for anybody who wants to be an actor themselves. I mean, since it's a five-star read, I think it's good for literally anybody or anybody who's at least interested, then you will definitely enjoy this. Again, remember that it is very, very, very heavy, but it is very, very, very good. So just keep those two things in mind. But if you do end up reading this book, I would love to know what your thoughts are. In the meantime, you can rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow along on Instagram and on TikTok at Brutally Honest Books. And we now are done with Autobiography April. So we are about to start a new month, which means a new monthly theme. If you would like to join the Brutally Honest Book Club, this is a digital book club that I host over in Slack, where... We read one book that is also connected to the monthly theme. If you would like to join the book club, you can just send me a DM on Instagram. There's also a highlight that explains how it works. You get in on the book club as well as the close friends list on Instagram. But if that is not your vibe or whether you're already a part of the book club, be sure to just stay tuned because I will be announcing on Instagram what the monthly theme is for May. So with all of that said, I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like the show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.